Welcome to the Garbage Pod. One pod, one load of garbage. 29 and 28. in custody. There's something curious about this broadcast. Hello everybody and welcome to The Garbage Pod for our annual delve into the global phenomenon that is the Eurovision Song Contest. The Eurovision Song Contest features artists from right across Europe and, strangely, Australia. Over the years, Eurovision has launched the careers of many bands and artists and probably the most famous of these is ABBA. Joining me for what would have been the 65th edition of the Song Contest is my TGP nominal co-host and stateside Eurovision fan, John Berger. How you doing, sir? Hello. So how you been? Same old, same old anymore. Yeah, it's, it's the same everywhere. It is. It, you would be proud of me, though, because right here next to me, I have a genuine, real, brewed cup of tea. Wow. I know. No milk, though. That's just nasty. See, that's the one thing that the British do that nobody else seems to do. <laughs> when, uh, oh my God, I can't believe this was 13 years ago, I think. But when my wife and I, when we went over to England and I said, we're going to go to Fish and Chips, we found, we were in um, Salisbury at the time. We found this little hole in the wall. Small place, went right in. She loved it. If you want fish and chips, go to the coast where yeah. the fish come from. <laughs> One of the big chains of fish and chips is a, a guy called Harry Ramsden. Uh, they've actually got a Harry Ramsden in Disney World. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know you've got the, the World Showcase. You mean over in Epcot? Yeah. Okay. It's supposed to be Little Britain, if you like. Yeah. They've got a Rosen Crown pub. They've got a Twinings tea shop. <laughs> and they've got a Harry Ramsden fish and chip shop. Nice. And they've got things over there that are traditionally British, British biscuits called hobnobs. And everyone loves hobnobs over here. And I remember one of the guys I was with going, oh, they got hobnobs over here. And I said, yeah, I'm not paying $5 for a packet of biscuits. I can't say I've ever heard of that. They're made by McVitie's, who are one of the big hmm. biscuit manufacturers in the UK. I mean, I know of hobnob as a verb, but never heard of that. <laughs> Hobnobbing, mixing with people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hobnob is kind of like an oaty, really, it's really quite sweet. And they're one of these, you can dunk it in your tea and it's not going to fall apart hmm. in, your, in your tea. Right. It's a strong biscuit. <laughs> no, I love those. Uh, oh, I can't remember the exact name. McVitie's also makes them. They sell them over here. <sighs> they come in like with the, the chocolate coating to them. Digestives. That's it. I love those. I love those. They do them with caramel in the center as well. I've had those. Those are so good. <laughs> yeah. They don't bring them out all year round, the ones with the caramel, but when they do come out, everyone's like, ah, oh, the caramel ones are out again. Way. <laughs> if there's such demand for them, then why don't they release them year round? Yeah, it's strange. It makes no sense. <laughs> the demand is there, but no, we're not selling it. Uh, okay. Whatever. Big letters across the packet. Limited edition. See, now I want to go out and get a packet of digestives. <laughs> Curse you, Mark. 
Actually, I guess it's my fault for bringing the topic up with talking about tea. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. But it's, it is really weird how people see fish and chips as being the food to eat over here. These days isn't our national dish anymore. Oh? Things like curry is the national dish over here now. I thought that was an Indian thing. Well, chicken tikka masala. Ooh, that's good, though. That was invented in Glasgow. Get out! Well, one of the you know Chinese fast food... Damn it, I can't remember which one it was, but supposedly it was invented in New York City. General Tso's chicken, that's it. All right. And there's another one called Balti, which is from Pakistan descent, but it was invented in Birmingham. <laughs> so it's because of like the third generation Asians that were here right. that wanted to create something of their own. And uh, that those kind of dishes have become like national dishes here now. Oh, that's funny. That's okay. Hawaiian pizza is a Canadian thing. <laughs> and they're very proud of it, unfortunately. <laughs> a lot of things that you think were from certain nationalities and they're, they're not. There's been some research going on and apparently the haggis wasn't actually created by the Scots. That's an English invention, which annoys the Scots <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Well, I mean, soccer is actually an English term, but yet you guys don't use it. You mock us when we use it. Hello? Hypocrites much? Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. There's a lot of people here who that. It's football. It's football. You guys started it. So can't blame us on that one. A lot of things that uh, Americans call it one thing, we call it another, and Australians call it something completely different. Because, of course, you know, like you do. Uh, I'll give you an example of that. What you call cotton candy, Mm -hmm. we call candy floss, and in Australia, they call it fairy floss. That's weird. I get it, but that's weird. (laughs) Uh, Another example... In the States, they call them sneakers. Here, we call them trainers. Yep. Uh, In Australia, they call them runners. I get that, though. I get that. And the other weird thing Australians call things, um, thongs. Those are uh, sandals, right? Yeah, kind of what we call flip-flops. Flip-flops. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We call them flip-flops, too. (laughs) Yeah, Australians can be a bit strange. (laughs) Yeah, well. (laughs) But they get that from us. That's the strange thing. That's exactly what I was about to say. (laughs) There's there's actually, I had to do a double take. There's a recent apartment building over here near where I live, and it's actually called um, something, whatever, Flats. It's like, what? Flats? Are you kidding me? British company? (laughs) I I I wondered that myself. I never bothered to check on it, though. That's the other thing I find weird. Floors in apartments. In the States, the bottom floor you call the first floor. Mm -hmm. Here we call it the ground floor. So you've got ground floor, first floor, second floor. So people from America will come over <laughs> here and get off at the wrong floor because of they're used to it a different way. And I guess from my way of thinking, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to call that the first floor when it's not because you, you have that base floor. Why isn't that the first? If you've got rooms on that floor, well, that's the first floor that has rooms. Usually the ground floor is just like the foyer and where the lift is and that kind of thing. But uh, well, maybe that's a thing over there then, because we've actually generally have things on that first floor. Yeah, because don't you have things like laundromats and things in, on those kind of floors? Yeah, but I mean our hotels will actually have rooms on that ground floor. Yeah, 
Yeah, we, we generally wouldn't have rooms that you can stay in on the ground floor. It would be things like, possibly like dining areas and stuff like that. People will always stay on the next floor up. I suppose it's in a way of sort of protecting them, I guess. <laughs> Keeping them away from the, the hoi polloi, as they would call it. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a bit about what's actually happening with Eurovision at the moment. Good evening, Let the Eurovision Song Contest begin! It's 12 points to... 12 points go to... Ukraine. Denmark. Sweden. Portugal. We are all heroes. And we are unstoppable. Welcome back to the Garbage Pod for our uh, annual Eurovision special. Now, as you probably know, Eurovision 2020 was due to take place on May the 16th in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. But due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the contest has been cancelled this year. Now, a lot of you are asking, why can't the event carry on behind closed doors this year? Well, it's, it's quite simple. It costs a lot of money for the host city to put on Eurovision. So they rely on ticket sales and tourism and merchandise to pay for it. Also, Eurovision is basically a huge party so the atmosphere wouldn't be there if they were to do it behind closed doors. So what the European Broadcasting Union or the EBU plan to do is hold Eurovision 2021 in Rotterdam and invite all the bands and artists from 2020 back to take part although there are some conditions that go along with this. In accordance to the, the rules of the Eurovision Song Contest, this year's songs will not be eligible to compete in the contest when it returns in 2021. And also, at their discretion, the participating broadcasters may decide which artists to send in 2021. So that would be either this year's representative or a new one. That basically means that the participating broadcaster, for example, in the UK, that would be the BBC, gets to choose whether the artist selected to represent their nation for 2020 could compete again in 2021, or they could select a completely different artist instead. If the original 2020 artists are selected to compete in Rotterdam, they would not be able to perform the song that was produced for them 
for the 2020 contest, therefore they would have to sing a completely different song in 2021. And as you can probably guess, this has caused some upset, which we'll talk a bit about later on. The Eurovision community has not let the virus beat them, however, because since the cancellation announcement, Eurovision have been very creative in keeping the community spirit high during these uncertain times. As the world stays at home, Eurovision have introduced a new series on their YouTube channel and their social media channels to bring music to you in Eurovision home concerts. Eurovision artists have come together to record beloved Eurovision songs for the fans from their living rooms and each new episode has featured several artists who have been part of the Eurovision family for a few years, including artists from 2020. Each artist has performed their own song and a cover version of another Eurovision hit chosen by fans by way of social media polls. Along with the Eurovision home concerts, Dutch internet star Nikki de Jaeger has been brought in to present Eurovision Calls, where she chats with 2020 artists on YouTube. Also, following the cancellation of this year's event, Eurovision Europe Shine a Light will honour all 41 songs from 2020 in a non-competitive format, as well as providing plenty of surprises for fans and viewers at home. Well-known Eurovision artists from recent years will also be invited to participate in linking Europe through other familiar songs from the past performed in iconic European locations. The show also intends to bring together all the 2020 artists from their locations across Europe in the vein of Band-Aid or We Are The World with a performance of the 1997 Eurovision Song Contest winning song Love Shine A Light with its unifying lyrics appropriate for the current situation that we find ourselves in. The show will be hosted by Dutch Eurovision presenters Chantal Janssen, Edcelia Rombley and Jan Smit. Chantal Janssen rose to fame on RTL where she hosted shows like Holland's Got Talent and The Voice of Holland and Edcelia Rombley won the Dutch talent programme Sound Mix Show in 1996. A year later she won the European Sound Mix Show and she has represented the Netherlands in the Eurovision Song Contest twice, once in 1998 and once in 2007. Jan Smit is a singer and a reality show star. He is a member of the Dutch supergroup De Toppers and the European group Club 3. That's Club with a K and three Bs. As a singer, Jan is not only well known in the Netherlands, but in Belgium, Germany, Austria and Switzerland. I still don't understand why just for fun... They can't do like the uh, phone in part or the app. You know, no challenges, no prizes or anything. Just eh, for fun. Some of the other countries have actually done that. They've actually been doing their own version of the contest and putting it on their television networks. I know Germany has. But not only that, they're going to be showing the 2010 Eurovision Song Contest in its entirety because that was the year they won. (laughs) A little bit of bias there. (laughs) <laughs> wait 2010 oh oh wait wait, wait. um lena yeah, yeah 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 with that ridiculously cute bizarre german man i couldn't remember cockney but i was like that i gotta admit that accent was adorable <laughs> and that, that's the one that actually got me into eurovision uh, because a facebook friend posted about that and he was from uh either england or wales 
And I was like, what is this? And I thought, well, of course, me being who I am, my first reaction was, oh, damn, she's cute. Then I heard the song, I was like, oh my God, that song is fun, but that accent is adorable. What is this Eurovision thing? It was that song that got me into it. Oh my God, have I really been watching this for 10 years? <laughs> oh, wow. Boy, I hadn't even thought of that one. <laughs> so I think we'll take another break. Obviously, we can't make any predictions this year. We, we have done since 2016, but we have got some predictions from last year, but it doesn't make sense to actually put them together no. now. So no. when Eurovision comes back next year properly, we're going to air our results from 2019. You are listening to The Garbage Pod. One, two, one, two. What's up, guys? Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone. I just want to say thanks to the fans for the support of me, the song, the competition. Hopefully I'll do it again next year, but we'll just have to see. I'm sending all my love to all of my fans in Europe. I love you guys and stay safe and healthy. Just keep on celebrating our music. Keep on playing it. Keep on uh, downloading it. Because Eurovision was always my biggest dream. To be able to make people happy through music makes me the happiest person on earth. Play the artist's songs as much as you can, give them the support that they're not going to be getting. Only in such strange times and difficult situations, we realize that music is a common language that unites us. Even though it was a short fairy tale, uh, it was amazing because of the fans. Eurovision this year gave us uh, an opportunity to spread our music all around the world. My Eurovision journey has been a really excited exciting one and a beautiful one thank you so much for the response to the song it's been uh, way more than i ever anticipated even if the competition would have actually happened we wanted to thank everybody out there for showing so much love and support for our song yes now we are working on our new song for the next year and i hope it will be just as wonderful my performance is gonna stay in my mind in my illusions forever hi Europe fans Thank you for supporting us. We hope to see you next year in Rotterdam. It's a sad thing, but at the same time, it gives us strength and hope. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who says this, but it hurt. It really, really hurt. It still hurts. I was very upset. I cried a lot. But I'm sure it will be just as fun next year. Please don't lose your smile. You have to keep your smile, of course. I hope we, we get to value a lot of things in life life in general a lot more. I hope everything will get well and that everybody will be in good health. So I would like to wish you all good health so so that we can celebrate uh, Eurovision and every everything else uh, next year. So we will sing all together, we will dance all together. Never, never, never forget that music is still alive. So let's grab a glass of wine and cheers to music. Just keep spreading love because that's what this competition across all borders is all about. Hope you are all safe and sound. And even though they might have been chains on you right now, don't forget that there is always the right timing for everything. Some months ago, I was preparing for one of the most beautiful moments of my life. Even though Eurovision is cancelled, music is not cancelled, so listen to good music, people. Guys, stay positive, have fun, and um, yeah, it will pass. Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm sad for everyone that's very sad. 
was very excited to go to Revision, maybe. Well, excited and terrified. I'm looking forward to seeing you in 2021. I would love and hope to see you all next year, but until then, stay safe. Thank you, I love you and wish you all the best. I hope that you guys will be safe as well. Don't shake hands, keep a safe distance, all right? It's a difficult time, but we need to stay strong and stay freaky. We would like to send our best wishes to all of our fans and Eurovision fans. We hope you're all staying at home and being safe. I love you so much. Keep being you. This has been the strangest few months for everyone. Um, it's almost like the world has pressed this pause button and um, I'm really happy that one of the few things that will never pause is music. Uh, I've been gaining so much strength from music and I hope a lot of people do too. And that's why I put music first always. Um, and of course, I hope to see everyone next year at the Eurovision Song Contest. And for now, stay healthy, stay safe, and enjoy music. So welcome back to the Garbage Pod. Now, I thought it would be nice, even though, as I mentioned before the break, we can't make any predictions for 2020, if we went through some of this year's offerings and see which tracks John and I quite like. So the first track actually was one that both you and I like. <laughs> well, gee, yeah, I mean, it's not like you and I have, you know, widely varying tastes on this. Uh, this is the song that was selected to go into the contest by Austria. So let's mm -hmm. play that in and uh, we'll talk a little bit about it afterwards. You make me feel alive. You make me feel Vincent Viano uh, with a song called Alive. Vincent is based in Vienna, Austria, of course, but he has Filipino roots. He started his career at 16 by graduating in music and performing arts with a degree at the Musical Theatre in Vienna Conservatory of Music. 
Since then, he has won the Austrian singing competition Musical The Show in 2008. He charted with his song Party Hard in the Philippines in 2011, and he starred in various musicals. And he's no stranger to Eurovision because he participated in the Austrian selection for Eurovision in 2016 with the song All We Need Is That Love, but finished just outside the top three. In 2017, he also was one of the backing singers for Nathan Trent's Running On Air. So what did you make of that one, John? I felt a really strong, like, uh, Bruno Mars vibe from that. Yeah, I was I was getting Bruno Mars or uh, a little bit of maybe Justin Timberlake in there. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But it's one of those songs that stood out. Once again, this seemed to be a year of ballads and what I referred to as Europop. There weren't a lot of songs that stood out, but this one stood out to me. It's upbeat. It It's a good song. I felt a really strong Bruno Mars vibe with it. And I was like, yeah, I like this one. Yeah, it's, it's really upbeat and an uplifting song, which at this present time, it's the kind of thing you need. You yeah. need that kind of feeling. Right, so the next track is one of your selections, and it's from San Marino. So when you touch me, I feel you all over, all over my body. Body, 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 body. You make me feel like I'm spinning from the way that you want me. Put on a show, cuckoo completely. Some people think our love is freaky, freaky, freaky. They say we crave. I must be faking, but you and I will like it. Freaky, freaky, freaky. Drinks on rooftops and kiss in the dark. Dance around late at night in the park. Sparkle it up, dress in the colors. Cause life is good when we freaky, freaky, freaky. So when you touch me, I feel you're over, all over my body. That is 70s disco funk right it's, it's right out of it i loved it now in the past you've gone for san marino before i you know i thought about that they don't seem to follow the norm when it comes to eurovision songs a lot of them we've already discussed they do ballads or they do some kind of euro pop and san marino always seems to do something a little bit different so that was senate with freaky Mm-hmm. S-E-N-H-I-T. They do like their disco stuff in San Marino. I'm not going to argue. And, you know, obviously with Freaky also brings to mind Rick James with Super Freak. Mm-hmm. And it was in the same kind of R&B, 70s kind of uh, rhythm with that one, too. Again, it, it stood out for me for this year. Not that I you know, don't already like that. I mean, <clears throat> you know, what's the pressure from 2016? <laughs> Funk-based. You know, actually, I found out a couple of songs this year had a little bit of a, a funk undertone to them. Yeah, that I liked. So my next choice was from Iceland. What? 
the names right i've been practicing this <laughs> <laughs> his, his first name is dardy and it's dardy og gagning magdi that's how it's pronounced i think <laughs> I, I wasn't even going to try when i saw it <laughs> icelandic is not an easy language to no. learn i was going to get in touch with paul hutchinson and see if he could uh, give me a translation for it because obviously he spent a lot of time in reykjavik Oh. Uh, for a while so uh so the lead singer is a guy called Dardy Freya who lives in Berlin with his wife Arnie and she's also in the band and and the name of the band I should have said the English pronunciation of it which means data plan <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the band are all friends so they're all friends together which is really good you can see when you watch the video and that they're having fun yeah the video is a lot of fun, and I love the uh, 1980s retro look to it. Yeah. The English version of this song, which is called Think About Things, was inspired by the birth of their daughter, Aria, hmm. which if you listen to the lyrics, you can tell that. Now, earlier I was mentioning a bit about an upset with not being able to use the same songs next year. Well, this, from the word go, has been the favourite to win. Oh, really? And Iceland have not won the contest. Oh, no. Ever. Oh, that stinks. That stinks. But they do write some really good songs. So if they can come up with something that is similar and as catchy and uplifting as this, they've got a good chance of winning again next year. It was a good song, and the video was fun. As soon as I saw the old 8-bit retro things going on on the screen, I was like, yeah, this is for me. Yeah, and all their t-shirts have all got their uh, 8-bit images of themselves on the front of them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the next one is one of yours, and it's the Polish entry.
This song is called Empires and blew me away. The first thing I thought of was James Bond credit sequence. I was thinking exactly the same. You can almost see the silhouette of somebody mm-hmm. and, and the gun firing and all that kind of stuff. That is why it stood out. Well, you know me, I like the more orchestral songs anyway. Yeah, you like your big but production values. I do, I do, I admit it. That was just, whoa, and... That voice belongs to a 17-year-old. Wow. That blew me away. Her name is, uh, assuming it's Alicia. Mm-hmm. Her last name, Zemplinska? I, I think so, yeah. Uh, a lot of the press agencies are just calling her Alicia. Yeah, and that seems to be how she's referred to on uh, Eurovision's page as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, she actually started really singing at the age of 14 after winning some TV show. And she met Michael Jackson's vocal trainer, who helped her to develop her voice in her spare time. So from when she won that to right there is only three years. Wow. That voice is is mind-blowing. It is. I mean, she, as we say in this country, she's got a pair of lungs on her. Yeah, we use that phrase over here, too. Of course, that could have a double meaning, so be careful. She's only but 17. The meaning that she can really... Oh, yeah. Sing a high note and keep it going. Oh, yeah, that that voice is incredible. In fact, I saw that there are at least three people in this year's contest who are 17. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, holy... And the one... Oh, let me see if I can find her here. Yeah, uh, Grease. entry uh, Stefania with Supergirl she's 17 but it was Malta's Destiny Chukunier apologize if I butchered that but she also was really really belting out that singing and she's only 17 
I mean, definite kudos to them. I wish I had that kind of talent when I was 17. Yeah, with Poland, it's unusual for them to be doing that kind of style because they usually do something a little bit more traditional, a little mm-hmm. bit more yes. Polish, and usually in Polish as well. So, so for her to, to sing something with that production value and in English, it was amazing. Um, yeah, and as you good. mentioned uh, about Malta as well, it's it, it it a, a catchy song. kind of gospel-y. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Malta seemed to have broken their ballad stereotype because Malta, in the past, have pretty much stuck with that ballady kind of sound. That really stinks that we're seeing these changes from countries on a year where it's not going to count. Yeah. I-, I hope that they keep the same format for next year, just to see how they would have turned out. The next track is... Well, it's one that you and I both liked, and it's the Irish entry. This song is so good. Now, that was Leslie Roy with a song called Story of My Life. So good. Straight out of the 1980s. Uh, yeah. I, I was thinking it had a kind of a, I don't know, say Taylor Swift or Katy Perry feel to it. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Leslie released her debut album, Unbeautiful, in 2008, which was executively produced by Max Martin. Now, I don't know if you know Max Martin. Not by name. He is responsible for some of the biggest hits in the world. I mean, he's done Britney Spears. He's done everybody. Wow. And then she switched her focus to songwriting and she attracted the attention of Mark Jordan, the manager credited for launching the career of Rihanna. Wow. And the owner of Rebel One Managing and and Publishing. As a songwriter, Leslie has experienced international success with releases for artists such as Adam Lambert. Oh, okay. Nice. So that's a big name. Yeah, it is. Um, so she's doing really well and she's still quite young and to produce tracks like that which has got so much energy mm-hmm. and and that's pretty much what I was looking for this year was tunes that were punchy yep. uplifting energetic just something a little bit different and that has definitely got it right now I have uh, what I call my car CD I mean my car is an older one but it, it can, it'll play mp3 CDs and it currently has two Eurovision songs on it. I changed up like every year so that when I'm allowed to do long distance driving, unlike now, like when I drive to PAX or when I drive to Tenocon and so forth, that's the music that I pretty much listen to over and over again. And right now there are two songs on it, of course. One is my What's the Pressure from 2016's Eurovision. Mm-hmm. It's still like one of the songs that I'll just play over and over and over again. Uh, another one is Finland's Sing It Away, which is also from 2016 and I'm almost certain I'm going to be adding this one to the list. Crichton, what are you doing, man? Oh, sir, I'm listening to the Garbage Pod. 
It's a podcast I found in the podosphere. The next track is one of yours, and it's the entry from Germany. I'm surprised that wasn't one of your picks. Actually, this was one of the ones I hoped you might pick it because <laughs> it just missed my list. Ah, there you go. But it's the same thing as that other one. It's got a very strong, you know, R&B, funk, Bruno Mars, you know, Justin Timberlake kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. A lot of energy to it. Uh, it's it's one of those songs that I simply listen. I listened to it. I was like, yep, yeah, that's. I don't need to hear that again. I like it. But the first time I heard it, I actually thought it was a girl to start at the beginning of the song. It sounded like a girl. I have a tendency to put the video on and then just listen to the song. Don't watch it. And then I I turned back to the screen and went, ah, this is really good. Yeah, so that's uh, Ben Dalek. Don't say Dalek, because that could be totally different. (laughs) But... uh, he actually grew up in Slovenia, lived in Switzerland, but eventually ended up in Berlin. And it was his performance of Man in the Mirror from Michael Jackson that got him onto Slovenia's Got Talent. Does every country have one of those Got Talent now? Pretty much. <laughs> and didn't uh, Simon Cowell start that one? Yeah. What hasn't he started? <laughs> you guys love Simon Cowell. Um, but he made it to the semifinal for that. But he was also part of Slovenian's Eurovision National Selection Show back in 2016. Uh, eventually moved to Switzerland where he learned German. 2017, he released his first single. So, And at that point, he was 19. He's young. He's able to belt out the songs. He really has a good Justin Timberlake. Even my, you know, Michael Jackson vibe. That also had some early Michael Jackson feel to it. But then if you think of people like Bruno Mars and Justin Timberlake, both of them have been inspired by Michael Jackson. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the next track is my selection, and it's from the host nation. It's from the Netherlands. The more I learn, the less I know.
That was the song from the Netherlands, and it's by a guy called Jangu McCroy with a song called Grow. Uh, Jangu is from Paramaribo in Suriname. Since he was 13, he's been singing and playing a guitar. He formed a band, Between Towers, together with his brother Zilan. He moved to the Netherlands in 2014, where he was signed to Unexpected Records, and he has played on several festivals in the Netherlands and been nominated twice for an Edison Award, which is like the Dutch Grammys. So, yeah, I, I find that song, it's very soulful, very deep. It reminds me of someone like, I don't know, uh, Rag and Bone Man, that kind of stuff. But yeah, there was something really powerful in his voice and... Um, the lyrics. Yeah. The lyrics were really good. I mean, there were other songs that were good too. The one from Israel, uh, Idna Aline, I hope that's her name. cool you know upbeat four different languages spoken in the song i was like that's impressive so i mean i liked that one uh the one from sweden the mamas nice you know gospel feel to it yeah it was that with a slight bit of disco-y again kind of feel to it as well yeah and actually they were the backup singers for uh sweden's entry last year which was really good yeah last year's entry was really good and in scandinavia they have local contests and 
He won it in Sweden, Denmark, and Norway, I think. I like Denmark's. That wasn't too bad. Ben and Tan. Let's make stories to talk about when we're older. Come on, rest your pretty head up on my shoulder. It had a kind of an Irish country vibe to it, I thought. Yeah, I <laughs> don't know what else to say to that, but that was a pretty decent one. Czech Republic's wasn't too bad. Hi. Many crystal low stakes. We're super sonic. They can say what they want, usually they go. Cause the night I will show, oh, oh, yeah. I show them I can end in some money. They say I lost my way, lost my way, never lost my way, oh, now. Nah. I know where I go, don't care what they say, never care what they say, oh, yeah. I'm high, I'm lifted like some bummer. I kind of like that that Latino Hispanic sound that it had to it, which yeah. is very current at the moment. I was very close to actually selecting that. Really? Yeah, I like it. It was very upbeat. There is a lot of that kind of stuff in the charts at the moment, so you could release that now, yeah. and that would sell definitely. That's cool. We always seem to have one where the song is good, but there's something about the way it's sung that's like. Uh... We always seem to have that every year. And for me, this year it was Georgia's, the Take Me As I Am. Why don't you want me to be just the way I am? I guess you don't love me. Why don't you love me? Shut down.
liked the lyrics, I liked what it was trying to say, but he was borderline screaming the whole song, which, which might be his style, but it was just like, uh, you know, he's off on the screaming, and that would be a good song. I, I've put on my notes here, uh, a rock voice was a pop ballad arrangement. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good way of describing it. Some some of these notes are very vague. Uh, the Iceland one, I've put funk, what can I say? That's all I've put. <laughs> yeah. It was an interesting year. With a few exceptions, it still felt kind of same old, same old. Mm-hmm. But the, the one song, I hated the song. Absolutely hated the song, but you had to watch the video because it was so over the top. Let me guess, was it Russia? Russia. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you ready? Ha! Hold it steady. Come to daddy. All you have to do is to be ready for some action now. the song i've probably watched the video four or five times because it is so outrageous i've put in my notes 2020's novelty act look at us we're a bit wacky (laughs) oh man that was oh that's one of those where it's like i i want to turn the volume down but unfortunately it is still part of the video even though might not like the song but oh my god, the video itself is so crazy. I love the video. <laughs> it's like, how can we mock the 60s or, or parody the 60s? And boy, did they do it. Just looking down some of my list of, of, of things that I've actually said. Serbia, Hurricane, Hasta La Vista. Yeah. I've put Serbian Pussycat Dolls. Yeah. May have done yeah. well in the competition for the wrong reasons. <laughs> That's one of those songs that felt like it had so much potential, but then they went minimalist on the chorus instrumentation, which I hate. 
It just felt like if they did more arrangement for the chorus, I probably would have liked it more. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, what can you do? I'm just a crazy old Yankee who's not into Europop, so. <laughs> My last selection, and I, I would normally say that I'm contractually obliged to do so, um, <laughs> but I actually like this. Um, it's from the United Kingdom. Yawny life, Someone to call when we're alone. That was James Newman with My Last Breath. The BBC decided to go down a different route this year with its entry. For many years, the British public chose the nation's contender in the BBC Eurovision Making Your Mind Up, named after the Bucks Fizz 1981 winning song. For the 2020 contest, it was decided that the artists representing the UK would be selected from the BMG record label, behind closed doors but the caliber behind the selection is high james newman is a multi-platinum selling brit award winning and grammy nominated songwriter james has always wanted to be an artist in his own right and after writing so many hits for other artists is now wanting to launch his own solo material it was during a discussion with bmg music about an artist deal when james was asked about eurovision and he thought it was the perfect opportunity to reach a European audience. This podcast is not sponsored by the British Eurovision Commission, or whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's certainly better than last year's entry. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I can't argue that one. Well, you know, if you are going to spend some time to highlight the British one, even though you already had your selection, then I need to do the American one and... Oh, never mind. <laughs> If the U.S. Ugh. pay their dues, you can become a member of the EBU. Oh, no. <laughs> I do not want America to be part of Eurovision. No. Let Eurovision be Eurovision. Australia? Israel? Well, but America? No. Not just no, but hell no. Absolutely not. Mm-mm, no. Right. We're going to take another short break. And when we come back, I'm going <laughs> to educate John in oh, the no. U.K.'s participation in Eurovision over the years. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yes, good evening, Helsinki. May I have your votes, please? 
suit. Go, go, go to, go, to, go, go, go. the drama. Yugoslavia, could I have your votes, please? I don't have it. Oh my god, I'm so sorry! Sorry! Sorry, Shakti oh, Pavlis. I'm so nervous. Wait, 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 wait. listening to the garbage pod welcome back to the garbage pod as i mentioned before the break i'll talk a little bit about the uk's participation in eurovision now the uk have participated in eurovision 62 times since 1957 and well we've won the contest five times the first time was in 1967 with a song called Puppet on a String by Sandy Shaw. Have a listen to this. Like a puppet on a string. What year was that? 1967. Boy, does it show. Yeah. Very 60s, isn't it? And then in 1969, we won it again with a song called Boom Bang a Bang by Lulu. Your smile is so warm and inviting. The thought of your kiss is so holy and don't keep me waiting Come closer and love me tonight That's right Come closer and cuddle me tight My Wow, okay. Now, I get the impression they were trying to get the German vote with that one. Why? Well, it's got that kind of that oompa-pa. Okay. <laughs> now, the next one is pretty catchy, and it's got a kind of a twist to the end, which you won't hear that on this clip, but I will go through the, the twist once you hear the, this clip. Hold on. I think I know which one this is. Is this the one that's more of a uh, visual twist, you know, than anything else? Not really, no. No? Okay. I'm obviously thinking of something else. Okay, so let's play this one in. Say your kisses for me. Say all your kisses for me. Bye-bye, baby, bye-bye. Don't cry, honey, don't cry. Gonna walk out the door. Soon be back for more kisses for me. Save all your kisses for me. So long, honey, so 
That was Brotherhood of Man with Save Your Kisses for Me. Brotherhood of Man? Yeah. M A N? Uh, no, that's Manfred Man. Okay, maybe that was what I'm thinking of. That was in 1975, so there was a bit of a change from 69 to 75. The twist that I was talking about there, you listen to that song and you think, right, he's going to have to go to work, he's missing his wife or whatever. And at the end of the song, it turns out, you can tell by the end of the song that he's talking about his baby daughter and he's missing her. And, you know, I've got to go to work. You know, I cherish all the time that I spend with my kids. Uh, so there's the twist, because you think it's a lover. And then by the end of the song, you realise he's talking about his kids. Uh, it's a similar kind of feel to tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. Mm-hmm. It's got that yeah. similar kind of feel to it. I think the song that you were thinking of was the next one in 1981. that was Bucks Fizz with Making Your Mind Up and you were mentioning about a visual twist which was the the thing with the skirts ripping the skirts off that was the song okay Bucks Fizz had a lot of hits in the 1980s they were kind of like the the British ABBA reason they call them that was because it was Eurovision that actually got them the fame and then Mm. they started releasing song after song after song yeah sorry it uh, wasn't necessarily for song quality Hey, as long as they didn't do, you know, living in a cardboard box. There's nothing wrong with that song. (laughs) (laughs) If if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, there's a song from the late 80s. I think it was about 1987, 88, uh, by a group called Living in a Box with uh, a title of a song called Living in a Box. And it did very well throughout Europe. (laughs) (laughs) And it's become the butt of jokes between me and Mark ever since I had the misfortune of hearing it. (laughs) Actually, is that... I don't remember if you introduced that one to me. Do you heard it on this British radio station? Star Radio. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I must have heard that on Star Radio said, what the f... Looked it up and, and then questioned you about it. 
<laughs> well, they did have about four or five other hits in the UK after that. So wow. we're, we're moving forward into 1997. And this was the last time that the UK had one Eurovision. What year was that from? 1997. Wow, okay. That was Katrina and the Waves. What? With Love Shine a Light. That was Katrina and the Waves? Yeah. Wow, today I learned. That's a far cry from what I would have expected from them. Of course, I guess they really were only a one-hit wonder over here. But they did do a couple of others, but I can't remember them. The only one that anyone ever remembers of Katrina and the Waves, apart from that one in the Eurovision world, is... Um, Walking on sunshine. Walking on sunshine, yeah. Although it feels like the UK comes last every year. Not that you're bitter about that. <laughs> we have only come last four times. The most painful of these times that we came last was in 2003. Painful because not only did we come last, but not a single country voted for us. We got nil point. Wow. And I'm going to play you the actual live recording from the 2003. Is that wise? Eurovision. Are you sure that's a smart thing to do? <laughs> They claim in interviews after this, on the night of the final, they couldn't hear the monitors. Uh, holy cow. That's like when Madonna sang, was it last year? Last year, yeah. 
Oh my That was God. awful. That was terrible. But yeah, they were definitely Alf Keith with that tune. Um, that was a group called Gemini with a J, not with a G. And the song was called Cry Baby. But yeah, their career just went whoomp, straight down the tubes. I can't imagine. The video version, they sound fine. But live on the night at Eurovision, that's what they sounded like. Wow. But yeah, we got nil Wong. Um, that's understandable. <laughs> the song itself didn't sound so bad. I have to listen to the uh, official version, not that one. Yeah, I, I was going to put the official version in, and, and you would have said, well, what's the matter with that? And then yeah. I thought, no, I've got to play what they sounded like on the night. Oof. The UK have had Eurovision entries that, in my mind, was robbed of doing better in the competition than they actually did. First up, we have a track that I can honestly say I bought as a single. City Groove with an imaginatively titled song called Love City Groove. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Which was in 1995. They came 10th in the competition with that. And for me, it was different. At the time, there was a lot of ballads in the 90s. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. And a lot of cheesy pop. And so for a little bit of R&B, it just was a bit of fresh you know fresh air really for me yeah um and that's why i like it and i think it should have done better in the competition maybe eurovision wasn't ready for it i don't know maybe this is a gem from 1999 
that was Precious we'll say it again that wasn't a bad song that was a great song yeah. uh, a nice R&B track I didn't actually know that this was a Eurovision song and that came 12th in the competition I think it should have got higher but one of those things now we move on to the new millennium which I think you might like this actually John That is straight from Broadway. That is a Broadway ballad right there. <laughs> that was sung by Jay Dewan, and it reached number five in Eurovision in 2009. Wow. Uh, that's probably one of our highest placings for a long time. And that song was penned and produced by Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely explains it. And he also plays the piano on that track as well. Oh, wow. Co-written with uh, Diane Warren. Hmm. Wow. Hell of a voice on her, too. Holy cow. And she went on to become a member of a girl band called the Sugar Babes. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know that one, but... It's one of these girl bands that the lineup changes quite regularly. It's like every few years there's a new member that sort of like change around. Lastly, there's another track that a lot of people didn't realize was a, a Eurovision entry as well. You were the eyes in the face of fortune. I lost my way and I couldn't find you. Oh, oh no. We're not the first ones to be divided. Won't be the last to be reunited. Oh. I can, I will, I know, 
So that was a band called Blue with a song called I Can, which reached 11th place in the competition. Now, Blue are a very successful band. Uh, they've been around since the year 2000 and they've sold 3.6 million albums and 1.4 million singles just in the UK. I've never heard of them. They actually broke up in 2005, but reformed in 2011 with I Can as their comeback single, Mm. and they needed a platform to launch it from. So their record label said, how would you like to do Eurovision for the UK this year? So they went, okay. Yes, why not? It can't hurt. Well, it could, if it could go really badly like that other one did. But um, Yeah, sing off key and you're kind of (laughs) screwed. But yeah, they're a really good band, and um, I, I generally think that should have placed higher than 11th, but uh, it depends on, there could be something yeah. with an emotional factor t- attached to it, and then that just blows everything out of the water. <laughs> but yeah, it does go to prove that the UK can produce some good records. Just not recently. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Twist that knife a bit. And since then, we've kind of been... Late 20s, if not last. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever's been making the decisions have decided that they're going to go for people that have been tried and tested. Right. But with a modern audience, they're not going to know who some of these artists are. Yeah. So, for example, Ingelbert Humperdinck. If you love someone, follow your heart. Because love comes once If you're lucky enough Oh, I'll miss you forever And the hood will run deep Only love can set you free And if you love someone Follow your heart Cause love comes once If you're lucky enough Though I'll miss you forever The hurt will run deep Love will set you free Uh, Bonnie Tyler for the following year You come and you go And there's never no that's why the seconds and the minutes of the days of your life go crawling by. mind as much but Engelbert Humperdinck I mean most people are probably saying who (laughs) 
Yeah, well, you know, we're old farts, but he's a Vegas singer. Yeah, he is, pretty much. So that was a bad choice. And then there was a couple of years where I don't think they were taking it seriously at all. And then they kind of came back on track. I mean, I kind of liked, um, well, I've met, I mentioned her earlier because she's going to be on the, the panel for this thing that they're doing on 16th. Suri, I, I kind of liked her track. Very Annie Lennox sounding. Hey, hey, brother. Do you remember when we were kids with no fear? Hey, hey sister, do you believe in the things we dreamt we discovered? I still have faith, I still believe in chasing rainbows. Storms don't last forever, forever remember. We can hold She was rather unfortunate that she had that guy come on the stage and be a complete idiot, you know, that, that guy who rushed the stage. They asked her if she wanted to sing the song again, and she decided not to, and I think that may have been a bad mistake. Yeah. I mean, we are starting to take it seriously again. As I mentioned to you last year, that Eurovision is not just appearing on stage at the other the semis finals or the or the final and performing. From like February onwards, these artists are touring around Europe, appearing on radio stations in other countries and on television stations to promote their song, to get people ready for it for when May comes along. Oh yeah, I remember that song. Yeah, I've heard that one before. To try and get some votes. <laughs> There's a lot of campaigning that goes on. Yeah, and you can't avoid the politics in Eurovision. Unfortunately not. They are doing things to try and stop it. I mean, the, the way they've sorted out the, you know, with the semifinals where there's certain people that can't vote in one of them, but they can in the other to stop this, what right. they call block voting. Right. Because there's a lot of that goes on where people from the Baltic nations will vote for other Baltic states. They're doing their best to try and stop that to make it a more fair competition. But you still see it. I mean, usually you get countries like Greece who won't vote for Turkey and Turkey won't vote for them, right. that kind of stuff. You'll find that a lot of the, the Western Europe countries vote for each other more mm -hmm. and the Eastern countries vote for them more. Yeah. And Scandinavia just gets the votes generally because they are such good songwriters. There's been more... Eurovision hits through Scandinavia than any other nation. Although saying that, Ireland have won it seven times. Wow. And there's one guy, when you ask anybody about Irish Eurovision, they will mention a name called Johnny Logan. Now, Johnny Logan has won it three times. Once as a singer, once as a singer-songwriter, and once as a songwriter for somebody else. So he's got that magic touch when it comes to Eurovision. Yeah. And he's still writing for other people in Eurovision now. Nice. You'll be surprised who's behind the scenes writing for other people in Eurovision. There's a lot of hidden talent out there that uh, 
you probably know anyway through other music genres, uh, but they want to take part in Eurovision. Eurovision is a very, very unusual contest to describe. And, and like yourself, you've witnessed it. You know what it's all about. Yep. Um, trying to, to describe it to somebody who hasn't been initiated <laughs> with Eurovision is difficult because anything can happen. <laughs> it's so unpredictable. And now that they've, you know, the last few years they've done that double scoring thing where you think the scoring is going one way and then all of a sudden wallop it flips completely yeah. so right to the end you don't know what's happening i kind of like that because in the past it's been you get to about halfway through the competition and you go yeah they can't catch up now nobody can catch up with them huh surprise <laughs> wasn't it russia that got hit by that a few years ago oh uh, yeah big time i think that was the first year they introduced that new scoring technique yeah yeah, yeah i think it was but i think it does make it exciting doing it that way <laughs> Definitely keeps you guessing. Oh, yeah. You've got to watch it to the end because you don't know what's going to happen in those last few minutes. No. I mean, come on. Israel. Two years ago, obviously. <laughs> I mean, good luck to uh, her. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, no. Nothing against her, but just, wow. But the song was just awful. <laughs> oh, God. That song was so terrible. I mean, I know there's people out there that's going to love that song. It's just not for us. No, no, it was not. But that was the same thing. It was like, oh, yeah, that's not going to really do. And all of a sudden, boom, it just shot right through. It's like, what? What? And that arena just went crazy over it. Yep. Absolutely crazy. Maybe it's the same kind of deal as uh, Russia's entry this year. I mean, the this, this song is awful, but watching the video, she had so much fun with it. Yeah. She went totally crazy with it. Just like, yeah, whatever, let's have fun. And Russia did the same thing this year. The song is terrible, but the video, you have to watch it. The Italian one a few years back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Guy in a gorilla suit. That's the one. <laughs> Weird stuff going on. Yeah, that was a fun one. <laughs> you get that. That's your novelty songs. You will get at least one in Eurovision. And strangely, some years they do win. Um, my favourite, and I've, I've played it on our Eurovision show before, uh, Lordi from Finland in 2006, uh, which was called Hard Rock Hallelujah. We're true believers, thou shalt be saved. Brothers and sisters, keep strong in the faith. On the day of reckoning, it's Luda's wins. You will see the jokers I think it's the first time that metal had ever been played at Eurovision <laughs> and it was a spectacle to see because they were all dressed up in 
kind of uh, monsters and zombies, uh, which must have been difficult to play the instruments, I must admit. Yeah. Yeah, no, he had, like, massive wings that came out the back of his costume, and his guitar had flames that came out of the end of it, and uh, I think everyone went, wow, this is different. It won. Yeah, didn't Russia have one where it's like a bunch of grannies? Maybe not one, but did really well. Yeah, I, I, that they did. That was another one on the emotional value. The grannies baking bread and this kind of stuff, and they did quite well. And then there was another one which was a bit risque. I think that was Poland. They had these women in um, kind of milkmaid outfits, I suppose you could call them. And yeah, I think they were getting votes for the wrong reasons. Okay, I, I have to look this up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, it looks like it was Poland. Well, I mean, it depends on your definition of wrong, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think it was for the musical merit, put it that way. Yes, I'm looking at their official video right now. Um, yes, okay. That's Eurovision for you. I see what you mean. <laughs> Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. So, John. What? That's another Eurovision episode in the can, albeit not how we planned it. Yeah, an awkward one. Hopefully, full service will be resumed for Rotterdam 2021. Yeah, hopefully, we can bring you our results from last year. It was a bit different. <laughs> There was also a lot of luck involved in it. Don't let the numbers fool you when you finally find out. So we're hoping to bring you some classic episodes of the Garbage Pod, which haven't been aired on our current podcast host, but we think you'll enjoy those episodes, so we want to bring them to you. We also hope to bring you some new material very soon. So that leads me to say one thing, and that's thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll speak to you all again real soon. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of The Garbage Pod. Be sure to visit thegarbagepod.weebly.com for the show notes for this or any other episode. Just look for the relevant tab on the menu. Let us know what you think of the show. Send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com. Because your input is our output. Or you can use the social media icons at the top of the page that include Twitter and Facebook. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. Don't forget to rate and review us. You can find links on all our podcast pages. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. The Garbage Pod is a Spamhead production.